Good afternoon and welcome to Lifestyle Changes where we chat about everything leadership, coaching and marketing in aim of adding value to people's lives happening every Wednesday and Thursday on ebizradio.com. You can catch the Lunchtime series on all major podcast channels. And to help us grow the channel, guys, please follow, like, and share with everyone. Because in today's marketing and leadership segment, we have uh, our marketing and communications expert and co-host, Craig Page. Lee, how are you doing, Craig? Kevin, I'm great, thanks. Yeah, so time whizzing by as we head to the end of the year. Um, but yeah, looking forward to, to again sharing some of the great insights that we've come across uh, on, on the show for today. Okay, yeah, I mean, like it, like as you say, it's it's whizzing by. Like I, like I was saying earlier, that I think time is just a construct of the human brain, <laughs> which we know it is. <laughs> we just because it, it really does feel like we we see each other almost every day. Um, I know, but, at a, but, we, but we don't. <laughs> so it's weird. Craig, so I mean, as per usual, um, can you please start off today with giving us some takeaway points from our conversation that we had last week on uh, our influencer marketing? Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Yeah, the the key takeaway points are from the article that was titled "Influencer Marketing Strategy and Checklist Template," um, and the and these were published on blog. Hubspot.com. The article lists nine steps to help marketers develop an effective influencer marketing strategy. So step one is define your goals. Your goals will guide your strategy and define the strategy's metrics for success. And, and for instance, it's, you know, are you trying to increase brand awareness or are you trying to drive further brand engagement? Step two is identify and define your audience. So proper segmentation and identifying of audiences can determine the effectiveness of the success of an influencer campaign. Step three is define your budget. Defining budgets is important as it guides your content creation and your distribution options. Step four is to choose a type of campaign, whether it's guest posting, sponsored content, retargeting, co-creation, uh, competitions, mentions on social media, even discount codes, etc. All of these are actually uh, examples of influencer marketing campaigns. Step five is decide on the social media platform you want to use with a clear understanding that platforms are based on target market and kind of content that's been promoted. Step six is create content for your campaign. So once the campaign type and medium has been selected, it's time to create compelling content and taking into account that that consumers lose interest if messages or content isn't captivating. Step seven is find your brand influencers. Important here is that you find the right influencer and that that influencer understands and connects with your consumers and your audience, your brand and the content you're promoting. Step eight is promote your campaign. So once you've successfully identified your target market, found your ideal influencer and created that compelling content, Kevin, it's important to promote that new partnership. And the last step here is, is track your success. You know, it's critical to track performance of your partnership through the likes of website traffic, engagement, conversions, or other metrics that you actually decided up front when determining your marketing goals. And yeah, those are the key takeaway points from last week's conversation. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Craig. Guys, if you want to go and check that out, go and check it out on the Lunchtime series on YouTube and uh, all your major podcast channels. Um, you can check out Influence Marketing on the channel. But Craig, um, what are we going to be chatting about uh, today? 
Yeah, Kevin, I want to pick up on the on, on, on an important uh, topic, and that's preparing leaders for 2023, something that many leaders are busy with right now as they come out of their, their strategic planning and budgeting periods, and, and then just touching on what some of the trends are that will actually impact on organizations moving into 2023, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So <laughs> to start off with, I want to touch on an article that, that really sets the context as to why leaders need to prepare ahead, Kevin. And, and the article is titled Preparation for Effective Leadership Begins with Five Simple Rules. The article was written by Glenn Lopez and was published on Forbes.com. And it opens with a, with the following interesting statement. Preparation can never guarantee success, but the lack of preparation can certainly increase your propensity toward failure. And luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And I, and I quite enjoy that, that last uh, statement there. <laughs> but as we know, Kevin, a leader's responsibility is to help the organization the people they serve, um, and, and, and to help them to grow and prosper whilst ensuring that there's momentum to keep the organization at the forefront and competitors at bay. And, and preparation is obviously key to achieving this. And that said, when leaders do fail, though, it's more likely attributable to their lack of preparation, Kevin. Um, and a, a paragraph that really stood out for me in the article uh, reads as follows. Preparation demands accountability and is an individual responsibility with so many interdependent factors. Every leader sees through a different lens. Therefore, they should know the short and long-term preparation demands are for the employees and business to be successful. But if a leader falls short in the ability to prepare rightly with proper timing and depth, the negative implications on the business will become quickly apparent. And then in concluding on the article, it goes on to list five simple truths that leaders should consider in preparing uh, um, to become more effective leaders as they move into 2023. And, and the first year is never stop being accountable. The second simple truth is pause and pay attention to your employees. The third truth is improve your approach to problem solving. The fourth is listen carefully and the fifth is allow failure to guide you rightly so so as simple as their truths uh, you know may sound kevin they they really are integral to helping leaders build and prepare their respective businesses and their people for for a successful future but what's really really intriguing for me is 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 the fact that this article was actually written in september 2014 kevin yet the key themes and messages delivered are as relevant today as ever before So, you know, it's, I, I, I've been, you know, um, I work at, you know, Manco Exco level currently. And what, what I'm still astounded by is <laughs> that very first point, never stop taking accountability, you know, and um, we, we go through a process, depending on what the situation in the culture is of the business, we go, we take them through a bunch of uh, training and coaching and um, sort of um, assessments. Uh, just to see, you know, who the, who these people are, what are they understanding about, uh, of, of themselves as humans, as leaders. Um, and still today, you find that, that um, it becomes a blind spot, that people don't see that um, they're not actually, as the leader, they don't take enough accountability in that space based on the fact that I have a title or because in front of my name says HOD 
or I'm the executive of this 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 uh, organization, um, and it must be you know my people are not doing enough, my people are not performing, my people are not, uh, and you know part of part of the wonderful journey that I have to get to go with people on is yeah. to kind of go. No, actually, I'll be the mirror, and I'll show you that it's only because of you that that things are not working, right? Because they almost—it's almost like the identification of accountability sits with people that that work for me, uh -huh. you know. And so the identification of accountability is is a disassociated yes. frame that that leaders find themselves in. Um, it's it's quite fascinating to see that that they don't know that. The reason why things are not working is because you're doing it badly as the yes. leader. Yes. It's not because your staff are bad. It's not because <laughs> you, you know, it's like, where's the accountability? So I love that. Uh, and the other one is pause and pay attention to your employees. <laughs> you know, there are moments where you, you kind of, because I get, I get quite involved and I get to see them in real time and real life. And, you know, half the time people are falling to pieces and, and, the 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 governing members of this organization sit up there and they they go but we don't understand why what the, what is happening and you know it's like they they have blinkers on um and and like you say this was written you know in 2014 but yet yes so relevant and so current where people are i don't, I don't know what it is i don't know if they have been caught up in the minutiae and the pressures of the economy of South Africa and the pressures that come with that and hybrid learning uh, or hybrid working, there, there is something that is, <laughs> that is really, you know, causing uh, people to not really pay attention to, to, to actually what is happening. And, um, but, you know, to, to that point though, Kevin, you know, that excuse is only valid for a certain period of time coming out of the likes of, of, you know, the COVID pandemic, but pre COVID was, yeah, what, 16 years pre-COVID, uh, um, at least six years, I should say, sorry, pre-COVID, where, you know, businesses should have got a bit of course correction and, and leadership capability, right, somewhat right, at least, you know. So so really, there there is a finite point where, where we have to start um, moving away from blaming COVID for, for much of the uh, weakness in our ability to lead and manage and be great, great uh, mentors and coaches. But also, Craig, from a, from a leadership perspective, if um, there has to be a certain uh, uh, emotional intelligence that comes with yeah. the fact that if I am experiencing a problem, I am part of the problem. Yeah. And how am I bringing, what am I bringing to this problem? Yeah, yeah. If you're not, as the leader, recognizing that you're part of the problem, that's why the problem exists, um, you know, then you, you're never going to actually see the problem. Yeah, correct. So it comes back to, are you accountable for what it is you're bringing to this problem? Correct. And until you don't get that, um, you're not going to see a problem. You're yeah. just going to say, oh, these people are incompetent. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, with 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 those simple truths, Craig. Craig I mean, they, they are quite profound, and I can I can get really carried away with. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> but I mean, what are some of the business trends to look out for in twenty twenty three? Because I think uh, you know now is the time where people are actually starting to look at that and kind of going, 
what do we need to be aware of? What do we, what do we, sh what should we be doing? What should we be paying attention to? Because Absolutely, Kieran. It's happening yeah. at such a pace. As it's, well. it's real. It's, it's, you know, leaders and businesses should be immersing themselves in, in, in this realm of thinking uh, um, a while ago already. Yeah. But, but yeah, as expected, there are multiple and numerous articles on this topic. But the one that really stood out for me, Kevin, was written by, by Bernard Marr. Um, it was published on Forbes.com as recently as, as 3rd of October this year. The article is titled The Five Biggest Business Trends in 2023. Everyone must get ready for now. And just to set some context on, on Bernard Ma, Bernard is an international best-selling author, popular keynote speaker, futurist, and, and a strategic business and technology advisor to governments and companies. So the content does come with, with a high level of credibility. And I, I often uh, um, come across these articles and really enjoy the read. So, so the article opens with the following statement, Kevin. Businesses have faced huge challenges and have undergone an incredible amount of change over the past few years, and this won't slow down in 2023. Businesses will have to deal with the after effects of the global pandemic, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, economic challenges, as well as ever faster development of technologies. So let's, let's look at the five trends that, that Bernard believes will have the greatest day-to-day -day impact on, on the way we work and do business, business in 2023, Kevin. So the first trend here is about accelerated digital transformation. So in 2023, states that we see the continuation of innovation and development in transformative technologies, such as artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, virtual and augmented reality, cloud computing, blockchain, and, and super-fast network protocols like 3G. These transformational digital technologies do not exist in isolation from each other, though, and we're definitely starting to see the boundaries between them blurring, Kevin. And new solutions for augmented working, hybrid and remote working, business decision-making, and automation of manual routine and creative workloads combine these technologies in a way that enable them to actually enhance each other. So the second trend that he, that he picks up on is inflation and supply chain security. So the economic outlook for most of the world really doesn't look great for 2023, as we know, with ongoing inflation and, and many uh, um, subdued economies uh, um, around the world. Many industries are still plagued by the supply chain issues that came about during the global shutdown uh, on the back of COVID and only got worse over the period of time, specifically during the war, the impact of the war in Ukraine as well. And, and to combat this and stay afloat, companies really need to improve their resilience in any way that they can, Kevin. This means whether reducing exposure to volatile market pricing of commodities or building protective measures into supply chains to deal with shortages and, and the rapidly rising logistics costs. The third point that he, that he brings to the table here is that the world is realizing that climate disaster will pose a bigger challenge than anything we've experienced in recent decades and will in essence dwarf the challenges faced by the COVID pandemic. And that, that's an absolute reality. This means that investors and consumers preference, uh, at least the investors and consumers prefer businesses with the right environmental and social credentials. And buying trends are increasingly being driven by conscious consumers, which we know 
are, are individuals that are prioritizing factors such as ecological impact and sustainability when actually choosing who to buy from or who to do business with. A key point that, that Bernard makes, Bernard Ma makes here, Kevin, is, is that in 2023, companies need to make sure that the environmental, social and governance, the ESG processes uh, are are moved to the center of their strategy, starting with measuring the impact uh, um, any business is having on society and the environment, and then moving to increasing transparency, the reporting and accountability factors. The, the fourth point here is immersive customer experience is one that I like. So 2023, we'll see customers expecting an increase in immersive brand experience. It's important to note that price and quality both play a role uh, um, in, in the way that we experience the process of choosing, purchasing and enjoying products we spend our money on. And the role that technology plays here traditionally has, has been to streamline processes and remove hassles from the lives of the consumer. Recommending, uh, this is really cool, recommendation engines that help us choose what to buy or online customer service portals that deal with problems and after-sales uh, after support will still play a key role in 2023. But the game has evolved with, with the key words being immersion and interactivity. So really getting up close and personal with, with brands and consumers. And then obviously the metaverse will allow consumers to interact with brands through much more richer immersive technology, including 3D environments and, as I mentioned earlier, virtual reality. And the fifth and final business trend that, that Bernard Marlis, Kevin, is that of talent challenge. So yeah, we've touched on this point in previous shows where, where we've noted that large numbers of talented people are leaving their respective organizations they work for, this being referred to either as the great resignation or quiet quitting, all due to factors that workers have, have reassessed the impact of work and what they actually want to get out of their lives, particularly coming out of, of the COVID pandemic. This has inevitably put huge pressure on employees, employers, I should say, to ensure that they're providing attractive careers, flexibility of hybrid work, an enticing work environment, and the right company culture. Organizations need to offer people fulfilling work, ongoing opportunities to grow and learn, and some flexibility in diverse value-oriented workplaces. And a key point to note here, Kevin, is that digital transformation, you know, as, as, as the first uh, business trend we listed here, will lead to more workplace automation, which will then augment just about every single job in the world. Humans will increasingly share their work with intelligent machines and smart robots, and this has huge implications for the skills and talent companies require for the future. This means a lot of reskilling and upskilling people across all layers of the organization, as well as recruiting new people that actually have skills that are needed for, for the future of work, Kevin. And yeah, five important business trends that, that are covered in much more detail in the article, most definitely worth a read for our listeners. Craig, I find this so interesting, especially with the, the talent challenge, right? Um, because, you know, as a, as a micro enterprise uh, business, I, I have already adapted in the last six months, looking at what, what has been, you know, uh, sort of trending, uh, listening to some of the conversations we've had um, and, and constantly being on the for, forefront of, so what is it that people need and what is it that people are, or what is that, that topic that, that, or that, that pay, um, pain point that keeps, you know, um, raising its head. Yes. And as a, as a micro enterprise, I've already uh, changed and uh, literally 
sort of diversified the offering of what I'm capable of, you know, doing for, for, for my business. So, you know, um, I think just listening to, you know, the, the talent challenge is, is real. It's, it's yes. not a, it's, it's a real thing that's happening. Um, we can look at, you know, the business in it, uh, business called business insider network, I think, uh, from South Africa has, is a number of, um, on a number of occasions this year showing how many, uh, brain drains we're actually having out of the country um, and you know it's it's um, I think the, the the last one that I think is really important to note and that people aren't really needing to pay attention to is the state of sustainability uh, yeah. efforts that, that we need yeah. for the environment because um, and I, I still think you know people kind of go no you know governments will take care of it governments will do something about it um, but it's, it's like, how do I, you know, how do I, do I even have an awareness? Do I even have a, do I, in my, my conversation that I'm having with my friends at a bri, does the climate change conversation come up? Um, because I think it's, it's that important that it's, it needs to be, it's needs to be a topic of conversation. You have that often Yeah. that, that, that needs to be built in, in our daily day to day lives because it's, it's really, it's really a problem. And, and every single one of us do have a responsibility to change the way we behave and act and, and, and make a difference. And, and you know, it's, it's much more difficult for the folk who really don't have the means and capacity to, to live a comfortable, normal life, who are, who are really on the lowest level of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, you know, the, the, the access to warm water, clean running water, uh, fire to cook on and things like that. All of those particular aspects really impact on their lives in, in the most negative, profoundly negative ways. And and we all need to be stepping in to make a difference that can actually help them down the line as well. Craig, you know, and I mean, because I keep myself busy with, with wanting to learn about business South Africa and, you know, what's happening, what's new and what's... Um, even even the the topic of the BEE situation that we find ourselves in in South Africa, um, I've got I've on a number of occasions now on TikTok have seen um, people speaking up against it because it's keeping investors away from South Africa, right? But simply because we have this BEE uh, sort of uh, law that's that's proved to try and serve. Uh, and create some kind of equality. And what we've learned is that, you know, it's only, it's only really helping a, a few, a few yeah. um, people in this country. Um, you know, so like there's, there's, there's quite a, quite a lot of uh, conversation that I think that needs to start happening, uh, you know, around shifting the needle, like climate change, like, like is BEE actually, is it beneficial to any because because currently there's only a top top five percent people <laughs> in this country that really benefits from being yep, yep, very good point. Benefits, you know like the climate climate affects everybody but you know nobody actually speaks about it it's, yeah. it's and the people that can make a difference are the people you know in that five percent so it's a it's it's conversations that need to start happening, and I think um, you know it's 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 worth mentioning more often as much as we can, and and rapidly need to dive into these conversations because you know we don't have much time left. We're at that pinnacle point where 
yeah, yeah. every every half a degree of of uh, you know global temperature rises is really reducing the existence opportunity for the planet. It's just it's frightening. But uh, I mean, Craig, so we've touched on the uh, the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion several times across the uh, different conversations. Where where do you see the the DEI fit into leadership priorities for twenty twenty three? Yeah, great great question, Kevin. And and yes, the diversity, equity, inclusion definitely has a huge role for business in twenty twenty three. Um, and and great article titled "What Are Your Leadership Priorities for Twenty Twenty Three." as published on leadersedgeinc.com on 11th of October this year, and it addresses this, this particular point in detail. But just to pick up on the broader, the broader context of the article, the article notes that the role of leaders is no longer about getting others to follow them into the future. Instead, it's about bringing diverse teams together to collaborate and co-create the future together. And, and it also lists the following predictions for businesses going into 2023. So less hierarchy equals more engagement. The role of the leader will be less about making decisions and calling the shots and more about having the skills to foster that inclusive decision-making, offering autonomy and bottom-up innovation and collaboration. The second point is, is focus on soft skills, high-performing organizations, higher top talent, and they also invest in both hard and soft skills required to deliver that exceptional performance in, in, in today's new world of work. Um, the hybrid and remote work model maturity is the third point where the pandemic and the newness in pivoting to, to remote and hybrid work models is still very much in early stages of, of development for some companies, and this will continue to be a priority into the year ahead. And the last point here is, is really valuing diversity, equity, and inclusion, Kevin, with DEI continuing to be a top priority moving into 2023, and obviously for, for you know, many more years to come, as, as globally little progress has actually been made in this area. Many organizations have developed their policies and practices that are designed to ensure that they are valuing and building these diverse workforces made up of different race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, age, and, and, and socioeconomic backgrounds. And they're also working to ensure that they are being equitable by designing processes and programs that are impartial, fair, and provide equal opportunity for all. Um, being inclusive is a practice of making people feel heard and seen, reinforcing the sense of belonging at work, and, and in combination with valuing the differences in thinking and approaches, Kevin. So the article makes a really important point by noting that organizations can have the best written policies and procedures in place, but if the leaders do not value DEI, there will be limited progress in creating this type of culture within those organizations. <laughs> if this is if, if I'm going to be so busy next year, if this is part of what everybody starts doing, <laughs> because <laughs> the the unconscious bias and inclusivity program that we run is you know speaks to exactly. It's almost like you've just read out read out of of, of the actual manual, um, oh. because because essentially you know if 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 the leaders don't um, to the degree that if 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 uh, DEI isn't part of your value structure and it isn't part of what it is embedded as part of your culture um you simply won't value it you simply don't value dei and 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 the diversity equity inclusion um it needs to be a a pillar that you build your business on yes. um and and one of the pillars if, if you know if it's not there 
Um, you know, I, I look at some some companies referring to themselves as world class or, you know, leading the future of organizations in South Africa. Uh, and then you look at the, the, the diversity, equity, inclusion, and you're kind of going, there is no world class happening whatsoever. <laughs> what are you talking about world class, right? There's uh, come on, guys. Um, so I'm so glad that you that that you, this is this is part of what the future looks like because you know I think it's um, and and to the point where you know the first point you talk about what leadership is today uh, is leading you know cultural diversity and 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 co-creating what the future yes. looks like um, that is the the future whether you want to you know admit it or not there's so much I mean I think it's PwC that that's they've got amazing uh, brand videos that speak to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how biases can be mitigated to make difference, differences to your environment, but also uh, having the cognizant awareness of your biases and how that influences your decision-making processes. Yes, so absolutely. It's, yeah, it's amazing what, what uh, you know, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion can actually do for a company when you really, really investigate the, 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 the abilities or the, the outcome of what it can sort yeah. of do to your ROI. Craig, so as we close the show, what, uh, can, we sh uh, what can we share with the listeners as the, the key takeaways from today's conversation? Yeah, Kevin, so, so for the takeaway points today, I want to reference the article I came across on capacitybuilding.com. It was published uh, as recently as the 4th of November this year, written by Ed Robinson. Um, the article is titled 10 Things Business Leaders Need to Do in 2023. And again, just to set some context here, yeah, Ed Robinson is president and, and founder of Capacity Building Solutions, a consulting firm he started in June uh, 2002, focusing on business management and organizational development needs for small to, to medium-sized businesses and community-based nonprofits. Um, and, and its professional goal is to make the world a better place by helping leaders become better versions of themselves. And, and I thought it was just important to, to mention that as well. So he lists, Ed, Ed lists 10 tested principles that he believes can actually help leaders navigate their business to whatever comes next year. So, so let's have a look at these in, in detail. So the first is don't spend money needlessly. Um, if there isn't a clear return on investment, then conserve your cash and wait until there is. Make your cash work for you through proper treasury management practices. The second point is trim the fat from your business model. Over time, all businesses start to experience cost bloats, especially after a prolonged period of success. Strive to get lean and mean in your day-to-day -day business activities. The third point here is assess and upgrade the talent of your key positions. Never miss an opportunity to top grade, but make sure there is a cultural fit the fourth point is focus on your A players like a laser beam. Keep them in the communication loop. Give them the additional responsibilities and training and then set them loose in your organization. The fifth point here is, is look for sacred cows and get rid of them. For instance, long-term client relationships that are no longer serving you well, product lines that are popular but marginally profitable, employees have uh, stayed on long past their usefulness. Point six here is evaluate all of your core processes and make them as smooth and easy to navigate as possible. Don't become hard to do business with externally or internally. And a really, really important point there. The seventh point is create an employee moral committee. 
morale committee, regardless of the position, select 7 to 10 of, of your top uh, um, staff employees and use them as a sounding board on any workplace issues. Point eight is continue to assess and refine your business development and, and sales processes and investments. Invest in what's working and eliminate what's not. Look for training opportunities and uh, experiment with new initiatives using pilot projects. Point nine is stress the business from outside in and not inside out. Another really important point. Rather strain organizational capacity with too much work than burden the organization with too much capacity that is very expensive and underutilized. And the last point here is, is invest in your own leadership development and in your key people as well. You're only as good as what you know and implement, and you should never stop learning. Simple and clear, succinct principles to apply, Kevin. Um, and those are the key takeaway points for today's discussion. Craig, I absolutely love that. Invest in your own leadership and development and uh, in your key, uh, in your people as well. Like, I think, um, uh, you know, we often forget that, that you know, that we, and I find that, that South Africans do it quite readily, is they, they have this uh, training and development team, and they do that kind of regular, regular approach to, uh, you know, upskilling people. Um, <laughs> but uh, is it really upskilling and is it really making a difference to your to your to your bottom line um, yep. and also you know that cash cow or did you call it your your sacred cows your sacred, sacred cows. cows yes yeah uh, I, it's just you know if something um, the, it, from a from a coaching perspective it's always like uh, you know the strategy is is it working and if the, if the answer is no then stop doing it you know, yes. <laughs> that's yes. all there is to it. As simple as that. Quite you know, it doesn't need to be like, like sort of unpacked or is it working? No, it's not. Okay, then stop it. Yes. Um. Yes. <laughs> but to, to that last point, I think the, the, the really important thing for me, the, you know, me there is you're only as good as what you know and implement and therefore yeah. never stop learning. Absolutely, Craig. I love that. Never, ever stop learning. That's a good point. I, I, that's, I, I live by that. So thank you for yeah. that. Guys, if you want to catch the lunchtime series, we're uh, uh, chatting every Wednesday and Thursday. And Craig and I are always live at 12 o'clock on ebizradio.com. And uh, go and check out the lunchtime series on YouTube. And uh, we'd love your support and uh, like, follow and share. Uh, Craig, thank you so much for joining me and uh, I'll chat to you next week. Yeah, look forward to that, Kevin. Have a good week ahead. Cheers for Thanks. now. Bye. Bye.